Hello, and welcome to A New Year of Resolutions, a podcast produced by the ABA's section of Dispute Resolution, where we talk to members of the dispute resolution community about topics of interest in the field. Today, we'll be talking with Dana Welch, a solo arbitrator and mediator with Welch ADR, who is also the co-chair of the Arbitration Training Institute with Bruce Meyerson. This year, the Arbitration Training Institute will take place on March 9th and 10th at the Sandra Day O'Connor College of Law at the Arizona State University. And Dana here, Dana is here with us to give a brief preview of the Training Institute. Uh, good morning, Dana, and thank you for coming on the podcast. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, so let's let's get right into it. Um, here to talk about the Arbitration Training Institute, which is coming up in just a couple months. Um, and I think it's a great opportunity for anyone who's interested in learning more about um, being an arbitrator or learning skills in arbitration. Um, and would you mind just giving me kind of an overview and telling me what is the Arbitration Institute? Well, it's, uh, it is exactly what it says. It's a training institute with the emphasis on training. Uh, it is an extremely pragmatic and hands-on look at the arbitral process that's really designed to give the participants the understanding of each stage of the arbitral process from the perspective of both the arbitrator and the advocate, um, and where relevant, the in-house lawyer. It really focuses on issues that, it also focuses on issues that are unique to, the, to substantive areas of arbitration, like employment arbitration, construction arbitration, technology arbitration, international arbitration. Um, and it also highlights areas of interest to participants in the arbitration process. I'm going to talk a little bit later about the specific speakers we have this year. But as an example, last year we had the two leading um, advocates who argue in front of the Supreme Court with respect to all issues that pertain to arbitration on both sides. So we had a very lively discussion about practice before the Supreme Court, the issues of arbitration that are pending before the Supreme Court, and how Supreme Court justices look at arbitration. It, it is a really impressive roster, and we, we'll talk more about who actually will, will be at the, the Institute a little bit later. Um, but first, what, what differentiates this from other training institutes. Um, I know there's several um, very practical skills-oriented institutes around. So what is special about the, the ABAs? So uh, this is not a talking heads. People aren't going to go to Phoenix, Arizona for two days and experience the sunshine and listen to talking heads in an air-conditioned room. Um, it's really designed to have people participate on a really substantive level. So uh, let me give you an example. After every plenary session, uh, we have a plenary session that starts out with setting the stage for arbitration that talks about the arbitration agreement, what in-house counsel and advocates look for in an arbitrator. We have a facilitated session afterwards, or actually a lot of facilitated sessions. We're gonna break out into about five or six sessions so that small groups of about eight to 10 people um, can discuss the issues that arose in that particular plenary. So it's a great opportunity for people to exchange their experiences, 
meet people from around the country, learn new things, and really uh, participate and ask questions. I haven't been in another institute with respect to the training of arbitral skills that does that. Uh, the other thing that's different is the juxtaposition of advocates with arbitrators. Uh, you can go to training institutes where experienced arbitrators will, will teach you skills, but it's, it's unique for arbitrators to hear from advocates and from advocates to hear from arbitrators about how they approach each stage of the process. So for all of those reasons, I think it's, it's a unique opportunity, really jam-packed into two days. Some of the feedback we got last year uh, from our institute in Philadelphia was that people really felt that it was the best CLE that they'd ever intended, uh, not intended, attended, uh, maybe intended as well. Um, intended to attend. Intended and that they did attend, uh, that really uh, got them thinking about things they hadn't been thinking about in their own practice. And, and I think that is a lot more exciting than um, a conference where you, or a CLE where you're just going and sitting and listening to updates on the law. It's a lot uh, more interesting for the participants to get that hands-on experience. And it sounds like there's a lot to be excited about for the Arbitration Training Institute. Well, I'm excited about it. Uh, I've been practicing, or I've been an arbitrator for about 20 years and practicing law for 35 now, which is kind of scary. But, um, and I've been going to the Institute for about five years. I've been the co-chair. This is my going on my third year. And I have to say that every year, two things happen to me. I learn something completely new um, that I hadn't really thought about before and that I incorporate into my practice. And I also meet um, incredible people from around the country who I would never have the opportunity to meet at all. Um, this year, I'm really, really excited about a couple of things that are pretty unique uh, to the uh, Institute this year. One is that uh, the chief judge of the District of Arizona of federal courts is speaking on um, what he looks at when he reviews arbitral awards. So if you're an arbitrator and you're thinking about what do I need to worry about about getting my ward vacated, or if you're an advocate and you're thinking about how can I best position my losing side to get reversed uh, on the uh, reviewing level, this is the opportunity to hear from somebody who does it for a living. The other thing I'm excited about this year in terms of uh, unique features is that uh, Tracy Frisch, who's a senior counsel for the American Arbitration Association, is going to be speaking about what gets arbitrators in trouble. When do they see arbitrators really having problems uh, in court um, based on what's going wrong or right with their award? And the other things that I'm excited about, warm weather. I can't wait for it. And uh, being in Phoenix during spring training. Well, we have the wonderful opportunity to be there during spring training. Uh, you're not worried that more people will attend baseball than the, the Institute, are you? Oh, they can come the weekend before and attend baseball. <laughs> so you've already mentioned that there's going to be um, some input from the judiciary at the Institute. Um, but I, I know that most of the sessions, if not all, are uh, taught or administrated by advocates and arbitrators who are actively practicing. Is that right? That's correct. 
So uh, people have asked, why do you do that? Like, what can advocates add to the learning that we have? And what I've discovered is that arbitrators and advocates approach the process very differently in terms of what they think they need and um, what they want from the process. So this is really a chance for arbitrators to learn from advocates, from advocates to learn from arbitrators, and for us all to learn from the in-house attorneys who are gonna be also part of the sessions. Um, let me give you some examples. Uh, I learned several years ago, I was moderating a session on managing the hearing, which is one of our plenary sessions, that uh, advocates do not like uh, hot tubbing experts together. Now, what is hot tubbing experts? It is putting two experts up for testimony at the same time, which as an arbitrator, I love because I love to hear them debate and it helps me figure out what's right and what's wrong. Why don't advocates, advocates like it? Because if they're looking for somebody who can spar with the other side, they're looking for somebody who's an expert at the art of testifying as opposed to a true expert who's really going to tell you about the substance of the issue. So they're going to look at very different considerations. And when I thought about that, I thought, gee, as an arbitrator, I don't really want somebody who's great at testifying. I want an expert who can really uh, provide expert opinion. So it changed my thinking about hot tubbing of experts. Or another example, um, I moderated a session on um, uh, awards and post-award practice last year. And the advocate on my, um, in my plenary said that as an advocate, he really likes tentative rulings uh, so that right after the hearing, he can hear where the arbitrator is going or what she is thinking in terms of who prevails before he writes his closing briefs. That really was a kind of novel and scary idea for me that I don't know that I've incorporated into my practice, but it really uh, provided me a lot of food for thought about how I could best help advocates think about their closing briefs and what would be best for them to present their arguments. It's, it's almost like a, a magistrate judge's report and recommendation um, and getting to object to that in a sense. That's correct. And in California, where I reside uh, at the state court level, you can always call up the day before an oral hearing on a motion and get the judge's tentative. Uh, the judge isn't going to give reasons for the tentative. It's going to say, here's tentatively what I'm thinking about who prevails. So it would be very similar to that and something that I think very few arbitrators incorporate in their practice. Um, I'm just giving two examples because there are a lot more examples of things that we can learn from each other. And since I'm an arbitrator, I'm telling you what I've learned from advocates, but I think advocates learn a lot from how an arbitrator thinks and how they approach, um, how they approach the process. Another example, setting the stage for arbitration, which is our first plenary session. We talk about what the parties look for in an arbitrator. And I've always assumed that you look for the same things in an arbitrator. You look for somebody who's experienced in the process, who understands the law, who can manage well. Well, I found out that's not true. And that there are certain kind of cases where uh, an in-house counsel or an advocate will look for an arbitrator 
who thinks more about the industry that the dispute arose from and whether the arbitrator had experience in the practice of the industry more than they would look for an arbitrator who was an expert in law. So it just got me thinking about um, approaching disclosures and approaching arbitrations and thinking about positioning myself and my business um, well. Uh, the, other, the other thing that I failed to mention that I really want people to be aware of is that there will be an opportunity uh, before the session on Tuesday for participants to meet at breakfast with very experienced arbitrators and talk about marketing and building their practices, getting very practical tips on how these successful arbitrators got to the place where they are. Uh, it's not always apparent what the roadmap is to building a successful practice, but we really want to help impart that knowledge to people so that they can successfully build their practice. Definitely. And I guess broadly, that's, that's been one of the most important things that I've seen in, in any of the ABA's conferences is that you have the opportunity to actually, you know, sit down and uh, have a real conversation with, you know, other practitioners or the presenters, the arbitrators, the judges, and really get some of the insights that you may not get from a formal presentation. And that's, to me, that's one of the biggest values about and something like the Institute. Right. Um, so on that kind of on that note, uh, we teased earlier kind of the slate of um, presenters that are going to be in attendance at the Institute. Um, would you mind giving us kind of a preview of uh, some of the names that are going to be on the marquee? Sure. Well, I'm, I'm not going to go through all of the presenters, the plenary um, or uh, the facilitators. You can find those, and I'm going to repeat this again, at ambar, A-M-B-A-R dot org uh, slash ARB 2020, where you can also find registration information. But let me also tell you about some of the presenters. I already mentioned Judge Murray Snow and Tracy Frisch. Uh, Judge Snow, the Chief Judge of the District of Arizona, and Tracy Frisch, Senior Counsel for the AAA. Uh, let me also mention a couple of professors from Arizona State University who have real expertise in areas of pretty intense interest right now. Gary Marchant is a professor at ASU, and he specializes in artificial intelligence. Now, what does artificial intelligence have to do with arbitration, you may properly ask. Uh, as it turns out, um, legal analytics are starting to be employed in decision-making, and particularly in mediation. But they also might have an application for arbitration. And uh, Professor Marchand's going to be talking about, will legal analytics make arbitration obsolete? Um, a topic of some fear and some interest, I think, amongst arbitrators. Uh, Victoria Sah Sahini, uh, she's also a professor at ASU, is an expert in third-party funding, which is a topic that is of great interest to advocates, but it also sh should be uh, for arbitrators. Uh, she's going to be speaking about third-party funding and arbitration, and it impacts arbitrators in the sense that it's something that we need to understand with respect to our disclosures. It impacts advocates because oftentimes advocates will be looking for third-party funding for big-ticket cases. A couple of other names that and uh, topics of interest, 
Lance Tanaka, who's a vice president of the American Arbitration Association, and Olivier Andre from CPR will be speaking on administrated versus ad hoc arbitration, the pros and cons. Um, lots of times advocates bring ad, ad hoc arbitrations. What that means is it's not administered by any arbitral forum, but the arbitrators themselves have to administer them. So what are the considerations? What's the practice like? Are there advantages? Are there disadvantages? And finally, I wanted to mention that we have in-house counsel from U-Haul, who's gonna be speaking on a panel of setting the stage for the arbitration, speaking specifically about arbitration clauses and selecting an arbitrator. That sounds like a really impressive slate, and I, I think a lot of people can benefit um, from hearing from any any of those presenters. So one question that might come up for someone who's interested in attending the Institute is, is the Institute really for me? Who is the Institute kind of directed towards or who should uh, plan on attending? Well, I'm going to base this based on um, who's come in the past, and who has said, gee, this was amazing and it really served to my benefit. And what we found is that it's an incredibly wide swath of the population of people who are interested in arbitration. Um, I've seen people who are considering a career move to arbitration from practicing law. Uh, they can dip their toe and understand the process. People who are just starting out to arbitrate can really benefit from learning from experienced practitioners about the process. Uh, experienced arbitrators like myself always learn something new and benefit greatly from a wide participation of experience, other experienced arbitrators and counsel and have told me that uh, they didn't think that they could learn much from this, but they learned a lot from it. Um, advocates who spend time in arbitration. In law school, uh, people don't learn about arbitration process. People learn about litigation. And the arbitration process is markedly different. So there's got to be some kind of forum for advocates to learn what to expect in arbitration. And I think this is it for them. And finally, uh, we have had a lot of participation from in-house counsel who uh, find arbitration clauses in their in-house contracts and who manage outside counsel and arbitration and really need to understand the process. So we've seen participation from all of those groups, and I think the Arbitration Institute's really an ideal place for each one of them to walk away and say, wow, I really increased my knowledge and I really can apply the, the things that I learned here to my practice. It sounds like just about anyone who either practices in arbitration or is interested in practicing arbitration um, would would benefit from attending. So it's certainly got something for everyone. I think that's right. And don't forget the warm weather. So, <laughs> and the baseball. And the baseball. Um, so I know, I know you have to get going here soon, um, but would you care to remind us um, kind of the logistics, when, where, how can someone sign up? Sure. So March 9th and 10th, um, Phoenix, Arizona at the Sandra Day O'Connor School of Law. Um, we have uh, 
cut-rate housing, not housing, but a cut-rate hotel right near the School of Law in downtown Phoenix that's available, um, go to ambar.org, A-M-B-A-R.org, backslash ARB2020 for more information. And if you're smart, you'd register this month uh, because early bird registration ends January 31st. So again, go to ambar.org slash ARB2020 and you'll see the program and all registration information. Great. Well, thank you, Dana. Um, I'm really glad that you came on the podcast and I've, I've heard from so many people that it's uh, the Institute's a very worthy uh, event to attend. And I think anyone that does attend is going to get a lot out of it. Well, thanks for having me, Adam. Um, and I believe uh, listeners that we're going to have a few more episodes in the coming weeks on um, specific topics from the Institute. So uh, keep an ear out for those. And we hope to give you a little more insight on some of the topics that um, you can find out more about at the Institute. Um, thank you again, Dana and listeners for listening to Resolutions.